The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show. All persons described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matters such as violence and graphic descriptions along with adult language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. In 1909, an explorer named G.E. Kincaid went into the Grand Canyon National Park. What he found could possibly turn history on its head. But was his discoveries valid? Did he change history? Did he even exist? Or was it all just an elaborate hoax? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the Grand Canyon Conspiracy. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement. Somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. So we got some news from our patrons. They said that Spotify is messing with our recordings, coach. They saying they're cutting what? the deuce they saying they're cutting the deuces off. Why would they cut the deuces off? It's the man trying to keep us down. And uh I don't know if it's for everybody, but um on Apple podcast, they're putting in freaking advertisements that we're not getting uh, compensated for. I, I played our last episode, and it was a damn advertisement for Will Trent, a TV show on ABC. Now, ABC got money now. They could fork it over to us if they wanted to. All they got to do is pay our current salary, and this thing would be astronomically better. Maybe a travel allowance on top of that would help. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. Now, we went from host-read ads on Spotify that we were making a set amount per tier of listens. So like, mm-hmm. I think every, like, 250, you got so much money, then 500, you got so much money, oh, no, whatever. <laughs> It's not enough that we're going to quit our day jobs, of course, but they changed that to what they call, I'm going to misspeak, so I'm not going to even do it. But anyway, uh, it's just a, it's an odd situation, man. It's, uh, they say it's going to be better. They say it's going to be better, so. We are almost at a thousand followers just on Spotify. That's awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. Now, if those thousand followers would just tell their hundred to two hundred closest friends about us. That's right. It's automated ads and we supposedly get a increase in the money monetization and we are eligible for eight ads per episode. So, ladies and gents, if you start getting bogged down with ads, do like Coach and I with other podcasts that are making more money than we are. Just fast forward. That's all I do. So, we've got the old Devin Williams took off, son. I'm talking, boom. I didn't drop that till Tuesday. 
And old Devin's episode, he's he's hitting it hard. He's about to eclipse the Tunguska event. Nice. But anyway, all right. Uh, no new patrons to speak of. Uh, we do have a new five star review though. Sweet, let's hear it, brother. Uh, it says really happy I found you guys. Five stars. You guys are so great. Two exclamation points. Oh. And that comes from Red One Two Three Four Five Six Seven Eight Nine Ten Eleven, which, if I remember correctly, gave us a review earlier and put us at three stars. Oh, we come so back. I think, they, I think they updated it. That's right. Which is great. Now, we have gotten some people that were actually paying attention and emailed us some user requests. I think Miss Walker and Miss Peace Cat had some pretty pleases in there. So, you know, Miss Walker and Miss Peace Cat, theirs is going to get moved up because they're the OG patrons. Cyber Sleuth. Miss Walker said Cyber Sleuth documentary was very good. She had already started it. I know we had a huge, well, we didn't, you did, discussion about. They called him mostly harmless in the group chat this week. It's a good documentary, man. If Yunzes ain't a part of that, you missing out on some high quality memes. I am to please. <laughs> and yes, right. And and the Queen's <laughs> English. <laughs> I stick by that. I am to please. That's what I'm here for. His name is please. It's what you call him. All right, ladies and gents, we're not going to bore you to tears with all the stuff we did last week. We're just going to get after it. So we're talking about G.E. Kincaid, or are we? Is this just a figment of our imagination? I think so. The Grand Canyon is renowned for its breathtaking beauty and unfathomable allure. It captivates observers with its seemingly infinite depths and awe-inspiring vastness for countless, countless centuries. And if you believe what the mainstream scientists are throwing down, that little bitty Colorado River, it cut the whole thing. Cut it all the way down to what you see now. Now, it is a remarkable natural wonder that we just happen to have here in the States. And it has held profound significance as a sacred site among Native American tribes, serving as a spiritual beacon and a testament to their rich cultural heritage. Eleven distinctive indigenous groups, including the Havasupai, Hopi, Paiute, Navajo, and Zuni people, have long resided in or explored around the Grand Canyon region. Considering it not merely a magnificent national park, but an integral part of their creation narratives and religious beliefs. The Havasupai, who have gracefully coexisted with the canyon for generations, perceive it as a gateway to both paradise and damnation, shaping their unique interpretation of heaven and hell. According to the Havasupai belief, the souls of the departed traverse the canyon to reach their ultimate destination. Therefore, the Grand Canyon holds deep spiritual significance, serving as a meeting point of past and present where the physical realm intertwines with the metaphysical. Have you been there? Have you ever been there? No, I want to go. I, that's definitely on my bucket list. I'm pretty sure it's just a big-ass hole in the ground. but Yeah, and they, I had a science teacher, 
I believe he was a science teacher. He was saying that uh, if you follow the fault line far enough, you can actually step over the Grand Canyon. What? Yeah. So we all started laughing, and he pulled out a map way back in the Stone Ages when we had to light our candles to see our way. And (laughs) he really did trace it back to where it's basically just the earth split open a little bit, and sure enough, I mean, if you believe that's that little split continues and then the Colorado river comes down into it. You literally can walk across the grand Canyon. So thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. All right. So the geological features and breathtaking vistas of the Canyon are not merely a spectacle for the first nations tribes, but an inseparable part of their beliefs, traditions, and cultural identity. According to the Hopi, the Majestic Canyon is how they refer to it. It was the birthplace of the first humans who were once lizard people, and these reptilian shapeshifters emerged from the Grand Canyon and evolved into the humans we are today. Hmm. So So, we came from reptiles. Yes, yes. Now, oh, speaking of which, man, there's a whole... Uh, algorithm on the talkie tick about people turning into the reptiles. Like, I know that they're messing around with like some AI stuff and, but they're getting their, whatever they're doing, they're getting their eyeballs to look like they are reptilian slits. You know, side note, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but that is my brain. I mean... If you listen to all the conspiracy theories, there are reptiles among reptilians among us, and, and they, they control breathe, everything. They breathe through their neck. They control everything. Well, the Simpsons said it was true, and they've gotten every damn thing else right. <laughs> so in 1909, explorer G.E. Kincaid embarked on a daring adventure down the Colorado River and through the Grand Canyon. Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Kincaid's motivation stemmed from a desire to explore the area's abundant mineral resources, such as gold, silver, and copper, before it was permanently closed off by one Teddy Roosevelt. Mr. Roosevelt declared the Grand Canyon off-limits to timber and mining operations in 1908. Did you say that Mr. Roosevelt is going to save us all? I almost did. Just try to quote an Alabama song. I just said Mr. Roosevelt declared. They were talking about the other one. I know, but it still. They were talking about FDR, sir. They were, it still rings true. It still flows right Don't off the you tongue. Dare misquote. Don't you sully Mr. Roosevelt's good name. Alabama. <laughs> by, Killing me. By making it about Teddy. It ain't about Teddy, sir. Teddy saw Sasquatch, you better calm yourself down or he'll beat you with that bully stick. He damn sure did. That's true. If you if you do some if you look up Teddy Roosevelt, that some bitch had a Bigfoot sighting. He was a believer. So one Mr. Kincaid decided (laughs) to hail with Mr. Roosevelt's declaration that he was gonna cut the mining operations off a year earlier. Mr. Kincaid was going to slink in there and get him some gold and silver and copper if he could find it. But anyway, at the time of his exploration of the Grand Canyon, 
allegedly Mr. Kincaid had worked for the Smithsonian for almost 30 years. While exploring the canyon around 40 miles upstream from El Tovar Crystal Canyon, something catches his eye and he anchors his boat. Now, sidebar here, there is no Crystal Canyon if you start looking into the Grand Canyon and all the outlying things, but there is a Crystal Creek that flows into the Colorado River. So a lot of people say that this is the same geological point that Mr. Kincaid is referring to. So he sees something, takes his boat over, anchors it, and then from everything that I could read, he makes this serendipitously little jaunt or hike and basically just stumbles upon a cave. And in his journal or alleged journal, it states, quote, I was journeying down the Colorado River looking for mineral sites when I noticed intriguing stains in the sediment formation approximately 2,000 feet above me. Concealed beneath desert brush were a series of sandstone steps intricately carved into the side of the canyon leading to a high shelf, end quote. So, intrigued, Mr. Kincaid ascended these steps until he reached a man-made cavern entrance. He, equipped with his trusted dusty flashlight of the day, started into this cave or cavern, and when he illuminated the walls, he saw writing. However, to his surprise, the inscriptions were not in English or any Native American language, but rather ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. As he peered into the vastness, Mr. Kincaid realized that the tunnel extended far beyond what his measly little flashlight could penetrate. When Kincaid realized that the tunnel was deeper than what he initially expected, he cautiously moved further into the darkness, only being able to see what his flashlight illuminated. Carefully, he recorded detailed observations of everything he saw. The main passageway was approximately 12 feet wide, gradually narrowing to a 9-foot width. As he traveled deeper, approximately 60 feet from the entrance, he sees the first side passage. And these kind of teed off and went to the left and the right. Now, along these passages were numerous rooms of different sizes, similar to modern-day living rooms. Some of these, quote, rooms measured as large as 30 by 40 feet square. According to, I'm sorry, access to these rooms were through oval-shaped doors that had inside, or inside the room, they also had round air spaces, as he would call it, within the walls that served as ventilation. The passages were skillfully chiseled or hewn in straight lines indicative of a deliberate engineering layout. It dawns on Kincaid that he had stumbled upon an immense complex. He estimated that this underground city could have accommodated as many as 50,000 inhabitants. Exploring further, he encountered granaries stocked with shells of glazed pottery, some of which still contained seeds. He also discovered what appeared to be cooking areas, and even a vast dining hall. 
in one of the rooms he came to what he described as a crypt. And inside that crypt were mummies. Now again, according to his journal entries, he stated that he, quote, stood one of the mummies up and photographed it. Using my flashlight, I gathered a number of relics which I carried down the Colorado to Yuma from whence I shipped them to Washington, end quote. Now, in one particularly large chamber, he theorized that this was used as a metalworking area. And this would have been a technological feat almost well, not almost, but very inconsistent with anything in the region. Within the vast room, he found tools of all descriptions made of copper. Whoever had constructed this underground city undoubtedly knew a lost art of hardening copper, a feat which has been sought by scientists for centuries without results. Now, Kincaid realized that to meticulously explore the entirety of this underground city, he would require some help. Upon sending a selection of artifacts, along with his detailed notes to the Smithsonian, he requested financial and logistical support. Recognizing the significance of his archaeological discovery as one of the most profound to date, the Smithsonian, after a few weeks, agreed to provide assistance. One Professor S.A. Jordan arrived with a team of approximately 40 scientists, researchers, and laborers ready to commence the excavation and exploration of this ancient underground city. With increased lighting and mind power, the scientists quickly realized that the layout of the cave system was not haphazard, but rather it was designed meticulously and symmetrically. The tunnels all converged towards a central chamber. Within this, quote, central chamber stood a grand statue. Over a hundred feet from the entrance was the, quote, cross hall, several hundred feet long in which the explorers found the idol of what they called the people's god. Sitting cross-legged with a lotus flower or a lily in each hand. The cast of the face was described as oriental and the carvings within the cavern almost resembled that of Buddha. Though the scientists were not certain as to what religious worship it represented, taking into consideration everything they had found so far, it was theorized that this worship resembled the ancient people of Tibet. Subsequently, Kincaid's team acknowledged the significance of the discovery and christened the complex the Citadel. Now, among the larger rooms uncovered was the crypt that we talked about earlier. The walls in the crypt slanted at an angle approximately 35 degrees with rows of mummies dominating distinctive shelves. At the head of each mummy was a small bench accompanied by copper cups and fragments of broken swords. Some of the mummies were covered in clay and wrapped in a bark-like fabric. Notably, all of the mummies that were observed were male. This would imply that this specific section might have served as a type of barracks for the warriors. Kincaid, Jordan, and the Smithsonian team were overwhelmed by the wealth of evidence indicating that this was not merely a remote temple inhabited by a few priests, but rather an extensive city that had accommodated thousands of men, women, and children 
are several centuries, if not a millennia. The pressing question that eluded any conclusive answer was the identity of these ancient inhabitants. Two points became very evident to the researchers. The first, the civilization responsible for constructing, quote, the citadel, possessed a remarkable level of advancement surpassing the native tribes that inhabited the region for thousands of years. The builders exhibited expertise in working with bronze predating the recognized Bronze Age. Additionally, they demonstrated an understanding of specialized labor divisions and agricultural practices at a time when other societies were still assumed to be hunter-gatherers. These findings challenged the mainstream theories of archaeology and anthropology. The second distinctive point was that this mysterious civilization did not originate from the surrounding area. Instead, evidence strongly suggests that they had arrived at the Grand Canyon from a distant part of the world, either from Egypt or Asia. Now, Kincaid and Professor Jordan took the initiative to ship crates containing artifacts along with comprehensive notes and illustrations back to the Smithsonian. Kincaid expressed the need for additional resources and an expanded team to assist in further exploration of this underground city. Unfortunately, their request for additional support and resources were declined. Following this decision, all communication from G.E. Kincaid and Professor S.A. Jordan ceased and their whereabouts remain unknown to this day. Is this because they never existed or is it because they had seen too much? Oddly enough, if you are in the camp that this is a true, actual, factual, like physical site, the airspace above where this cave is alleged to be located is now known as Kincaid's airspace. And hmm. it is restricted. It is also illegal. Yeah, of course. If it's <laughs> full of artifacts and whatnot, of course it's going to be restricted. But the question is, why? Why would it be restricted? Well, it's also illegal to attempt to hike through or explore the surrounding areas. Not to mention that it's extremely dangerous because of the sheer cave or cave uh, canyon walls. Now, official reports from institutions like the Smithsonian have been censored, altered, invalidated, or withdrawn. Despite these measures, people continue to venture into this section of the Grand Canyon. Many individuals have been arrested and some have lost their lives attempting to scale these cliffs that hold these sacred caves. Throughout the years, the situation has escalated to the extent that the government allegedly found it necessary to station armed FBI agents inside the entrance to some of these caves. Now, it's quite difficult to find information on G.E. Kincaid and depending on which camp you're in, it could indicate that he is a fictional character. Now, the name's G.E. Ken... The Smithsonian says that he never worked there, that he doesn't exist. And that they don't have any Egyptian artifact. There's ne oh, Well, I'll get to that. Never mind. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We'll get to the Smithsonian conspiracies yeah. soon. The names of G.E. Kincaid and Professor Jordan first appeared on a front page article of the Arizona Gazette. 
On April 5th, 1909, it was reported that, quote, archaeologists from the Smithsonian Institution found remains of an advanced civilization in the Grand Canyon, end quote. However, the Smithsonian Magazine states that, quote, there are no records confirming the existence of either Kincaid or S.A. Jordan. Artifacts of any kind have never been found in North or South America. The spokesperson, the spokesperson for the magazine stated, I can tell you that the Smithsonian has never been involved in anything like this in the Grand Canyon or anywhere else in North or South America. End quote. I don't believe that shit for a minute. But anyway, apart from the Arizona Gazette articles, there is no other evidence or mention of Kincaid or Jordan. It is odd that there is no verification of their existence from distant family, friends, or acquaintances. Now, there is a possible connection between Kincaid and Jordan mentioned in a newspaper report from September 22nd of 1908. So this is prior to the Arizona Gazette article. And this was in the Lewiston Evening Teller. So like I said, on September 22nd, 1908, the Lewis Evening Lewiston Evening Teller stated that there was a project called, quote, the State's Excursion Project involving individuals named G.E. Kincaid and W.J. Jordan. Although the names are similar, the initials do not match. If you believe that this is all a ruse, then the names Kincaid and Jordan in the Arizona Gazette article were inspired by the names in the Lewiston Evening Teller article. Explorer and YouTuber David Vose states on his YouTube channel that, quote, to this day, they're guarding the whole place. You can't get in there. Trust me, I know this. I was chased down by Black Hawk helicopter because I went in looking around in one of these places and all these sacred places are behind military fences or they're in parks where they're monitored and you can't get in there, end quote. Allegedly... There is an artifact that an unknown explorer claimed to have found. An Egyptian golden tablet was discovered in the depths of the tunnel city that Kincaid originally found. Now, this tablet serves as a history book that included the name King Zephanath, who resided in Azeltan. And if anyone knows their Central American history, Azeltan, is where we get the word Aztec from. Now, it also mentions a King Kaon, stating that he also traveled to the Grand Canyon from Azeltan. Other artifacts are also said to have come from Kincaid's Cave, which are pure gold, and some are the only historical artifacts to ever come out of the Grand Canyon. And these are allegedly on display in the Smithsonian. If these artifacts truly did come from Kincaid's cave, one would have to believe that they are not the only artifacts that were found. Remember, Kincaid stated that he photographed several artifacts and documented hundreds more. Just imagine what wasn't documented. Why are the other relics that have been found not on display if they are, in fact, displaying just a few? Now, the 
1847 Disternal Treaty Map of Mexico depicts how far north the Aztecs had migrated. And if you look at the map, they most definitely made it to the Grand Canyon and farther north. Another interesting fact... Well, isn't that, isn't that the rumor that they made it all the way into Utah? Yes. That's the thing about uh, um, secrets at the Blind Frog Ranch. They said that that's Aztec gold. That's right. That they're looking for up there because... They sent all their gold up there to get, get it away from the conquistadors. That is correct, senor. That is correct. Now, another interesting fact that leads credence to the idea that Kincaid is a real person and what he found is real is the fact that most of the monuments in the Grand Canyon are named after ancient pharaohs. A lot of amateur explorers claim that the Grand Canyon is actually an array of pyramids, alleging that these pyramids align with the same stars that the pyramids of Giza align with, the constellation of Orion. It is theorized that the Nile River is an earthly representation of the Milky Way, and the Great Pyramids on one side of the river represent the three stars in Orion's belt. The Colorado River would be the North American equivalent of the Nile representation of the Milky Way, and the alleged pyramids would form Orion's belt. Again, Amateur archaeologists claim that there are even more caves full of hieroglyphs and Egyptian relics located throughout the Grand Canyon. So there's two prevailing theories surrounding Kincaid and the story of his discovery in the Grand Canyon. The first is that the story is an intricate and highly detailed hoax orchestrated by two ambitious explorers collaborating with a local newspaper. However... The hoax theory lacks substantial credibility. Up until the turn of the 20th century, newspapers basically only informed the public. They did not sensationalize events as they do now. If the journalist had fabricated spirit fingers, (laughs) if the (laughs) journalist had fabricated the entire thing using their vivid imagination, wouldn't they have sought a national news outlet to strengthen their story, not the Arizona Gazette and the Lewiston Daily Teller? If personal fame were the motive, it appears that there was very little effort invested in promoting the story because there's only two mentions in the aforementioned newspapers. So the second theory is yeah, just because the Smithsonian killed the story. I know. That's what I was about to say, man. Because I'm the getting there. Bam. You're jumping the shark. Because <laughs> the Smithsonian kills all those good stories, man. They're, they're part of the uh, Illuminati. Well, I will say this. Uh, what was it? The guy, the ancient discoveries in America or something, where he found the uh, Mayan blue dye up here in Georgia. They, oh, I have no idea. I didn't hear about that. They killed that son of a gun. What? What? Okay. All right. Explain oh, yourself. Jesus Christ. America unearthed. I've never heard. I haven't heard of it. Oh my lord! You call yourself? Oh my god! You guys, seriously? My god! You're supposed to be one of the best at this, and you are so pissing in the wind. I literally don't even care. Uh... Anyway, America unearthed is the History Channel. Uh, Series, I think the first ever episode, he ties Mayan blue pigment dye, whatever, to a settlement up in North Georgia that basically by the end of it, he says that the Mayan had 
migrated back this way and intertwined with the Cherokee. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool, man. And he tries to get into the archaeological dig where they're uncovering this stuff at, and he is cock-blocked big time. He can't even get off the main road. Damn. Yeah. Now, the second theory along that goes along with this Kincaid story is that there is a deliberate cover-up by entities such as the Smithsonian and other influential powers. According to this notion, these institutions have a vested interest in suppressing any evidence that challenges conventional historical understanding. Specifically, a discovery of such magnitude as Kincaid's. In considering the funding of institutions like the Smithsonian, it begs the question, aside from our great tax dollars, who else might be contributing to their financial resources? Could it be those Illuminati? So, the question is, do you believe that Kincaid existed and was silenced by the Smithsonian and powerful organizations, or do you believe this was just an elaborate hoax and it's all bullshit? Well, I mean, if you get into the realm of conspiracy theories, the Smithsonian comes up a whole lot, like trying to basically... They squash the Giants thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting to is they basically the Smithsonian's job is to disprove the Bible for whatever fucking reason. They never give a reason why, but, you know, all the giants uh, that have been discovered, the Smithsonian's trying to cover it up to make sure that the Darwin theory of evolution is proved correct. These conspiracy theories, they never give a reason why. They just say that that's, that's what the Smithsonian is doing. They're just covering everything up. But why? Why would they cover it up? I guess the only reason, I've seen this only once or twice, but supposedly it kind of would shit the bed on our whole scientific process. But anyway, I don't, I'm, who gives a shit right now? I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't recall ever believing anything within the last I'd say damn near 25 years that the government comes out and says if the government comes out and says you need to do it there's a 90% chance you don't need to do it but anyway there's a lot of these stories and it it, like there's other things like um, there's been little YouTube videos that show people floating down the Colorado and there's seriously, there are cave openings in the cliffs, but there's no way for you to access it. And of course, if you believe what David Vose says on his YouTube channel, as well as a lot of other conspiracy theorists, the government has shut down the airspace around it, so you're not going to fly a helicopter or drone or anything like that in. It wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you, that there were um, ancient Egyptian artifacts in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, but how did they? How would they have gotten there? Uh, by sea. <laughs> what? By sea? 
<laughs> well, I mean, clearly, but why would they even try? I don't know. To no, to- see, that's my thing. I don't. The way, and this was a long time ago, so do not take this as the gospel. But the way that it was explained when I first saw this was a lot of these people had come here through means of transportation. And it what Columbus just happened to be the first one to document it and have the crown behind him. But this was not an unknown land as Columbus would have you believe that there had been recorded throughout history. Yeah, the Vikings. Yeah. That's one of the best examples that the Vikings did make it here and had gotten very far into the interior. I would love for some like adrenaline junkie to get a couple of drones and some motorbikes and try like hell to find this place. I don't believe if you did find it that there would be anything in it that would shut unless they're still carving hieroglyphic carvings into the walls. I'm sure they've gutted it uh, by now, but I do actually believe that the Smithsonian has squashed any evidence of giants or larger humans. And why? Why though? I don't know why. I'm just saying that I why think they have. They you do think they did, but you don't know why. Why? Why on earth would they try to hide that? Well, it goes back to like the giant of Kandahar. Supposedly, the giants in North America were part of the Native American tribes, and they had the double row of teeth. They had the six fingers and toes, which would lead, like you said, this tie. And I think this is where it ties back into the Bible with the fallen angels, the Nephilim. Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is, is to what end is it? Well, it would would almost be like if they had some of these biblical artifacts, because a lot of people believe that the Smithsonian has the damn Ark of the Covenant. Wouldn't you think that an institution like that would want to prove the existence, prove that the Bible is true, to give us all meaning, to give us all hope? Well, I would think they would, but everything in the world makes sense. I don't know, man. No, I mean, I agree with you. It doesn't make sense that they would want to hide everything. I'm so they are so landlocked on like, well, landlocked whatever. They are so hell bent to prove that Darwin's theory of evolution is correct, that they would disprove the Bible. Why? Why Why would they want to even do that? Would it give, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, throwing shit to, against the wall and see what sticks. Would it give the masses hope that we really are, we really do need to work at being better humans, nicer people, and there is a reward for doing, why in the hell did that pop up? For doing such. Well, it popped up. What the hell are you talking about? I just closed this window, and it popped right back open. And I said, no, sir, you need to quit that. There's a prince in Ethiopia, a Nigerian prince that wants to uh, make you a millionaire. Uh, He can. 
It's like that viral TikTok video going around right now where the woman asked the husband, would you punch me in the face for a billion dollars? He goes, I'd punch you in the face for $40. A fucking billion? He goes, they would have a hard time pulling me off of you. (laughs) A billion. (laughs) I love it. A a billion? We're talking with a B? A billion? (laughs) I'd punch anybody for a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. I'd punch Brock Lesnar right in his fucking neck. Dude, did you see his daughter? She won, like, I think she's won her third state championship for powerlifting. Yeah, she looks just like him. Poor girl. Okay, so here's, according to Kiora, which I never go to Kiora, but supposedly the reason that the Smithsonian hides artifacts is because they want to deny the validity of the Bible so as to not offend anyone. That doesn't make sense. Well, I guess the way that this person is stating it would be that if they had evidence that the Bible, the Christian Bible was true, then you're talking about Muslims, Hindu, Buddha, all of those other religious sects, basically being proved wrong and they think that that would cause severe instability around the world i'm not saying it's true i'm just saying yeah it doesn't make any fucking sense now like you said there's no credible evidence that they are hiding anything but i will say this when you put average humans in charge of shit shady shit's going down Oh, yes, definitely. Humans are terrible. Yes, we can be very good. We really can. But for the most part, we're a shitty ass. Well, I have found um, that guy. I cannot think of the guy's name. Uh, He's the one that videotapes as him riding up in the car, and he's he's always like, hey, miss, did you fall from heaven? Because you sure made, you know, you're an angel in my eyes, and he gets all the, you know those guys? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, dude. Yeah. So there's a lot more people out there that are good people. We just, unfortunately, in this country, we give the dumbasses and the minority the microphone. But anyway, enough of anthropological societal discussions. So what do you think? You think old Ken Cade was legit or you think Ken Cade's full of shit? Too legit or full of shit? That's going to be a t-shirt. I don't even know if he exists. What if it was just a pseudonym and it was actually Indiana Jones and that motherfucker found the crystal skulls? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm wondering if it is like, say, what if it was just your average run-of-the-mill archaeologist that was sitting out by the Smithsonian to, like, document the Native American tribes, and they happened to stumble upon this, and so they used this name, Kincaid, to get their story into the paper, thinking, all right, if I can get it in this paper, another paper's going to pick it up, and then it never did, and they were, like, too scared to say, oh, it was me, it was me, I'm Kincaid. Uh, I don't know. I want to believe, kind of like Bigfoot, situation i want to believe that this is a true story that there are or there were 
ancient Egyptian sites in the Grand Canyon. If the Smithsonian says that he didn't exist, didn't work here, why wouldn't you take him at their word? I don't know. You believe. I'm saying I want to believe that there are were ancient Egyptian artifacts in the Grand Canyon, which I I see where you're going with this, which means that I would have to, by proxy, believe that the Smithsonian's corrupt and they covered the shit up. Yeah, but I mean, if ancient Egyptians sailed across the Atlantic Ocean and made it to North America, why the fuck would they go all the way to Arizona? And I, not leave any, not leave any trace of their of their their existence in any state other than Arizona. Well, supposedly, land, let's say they land they land off the coast of South Carolina. They come through South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas. Boy, they took uh, a shitty Mexico. route. They should have went further north. <laughs> <laughs> You get what I'm saying, though. Like, no, no, no. I, I totally agree. You're not going to land on either coast and not leave evidence of your landing or anything else. Uh, I will say this, if though, as Egypt, a... If they're from Egypt, they did not... Surely, they, landing on the California side, think about that, where Egypt is. Oh, no, I understand. Yeah, sail, no, I understand. You're going to sail all the, rail, all the way around Africa. You're going to go... Uh, past India, past Australia, Japan, and you're going to sail the big-ass fucking Pacific Ocean? The Pacific no. Ocean? Specific. So, <laughs> so as I'm a... I'm very specific right now. Yes, you are. So as a counter-argument, supposedly, what we know as ancient Egyptians, the pharaohs and all that other shit, that is like a later civilization that inherited a advanced, more technolo- technologically advanced society. So the way that, and this is just, and I can't, I'm not going to put it into any way of like Graham Hancock. If you want your mind blown, look up Graham Hancock. And he kind of explains that there was a society before what we considered Egyptians in Egypt. And they just built upon a lot of those things. And the Sphinx is another example of that because of the water erosion around the Sphinx. They built upon? Built upon. Up on. Upon. Upon. Not a pond. Not a pond. Upon. 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 But anyway. Mm-hmm. So that is the whole argument. I mean, we can sit here and chase the rabbit all night long, but that's where it goes. Graham Hancock, and then there was another guy. He, both of him, him and the other guys, got a big old white beard. They both been on Joe Rogan, and like scrambled Joe's brains, um, talking about uh, ancient civilizations. I do believe that a lot of that stuff is true. That there, you know, we just inherited certain societies inherited where they're currently at now. Uh, there is that underwater cavern in Egypt. It's called, well, actually, they call it an underwater temple. Um, if you watch Josh Gates on the old travel channel, he actually dove that temple, and they have found a bunch of, they're saying pre-Egyptian, that's how early it was, artifacts in that. 
And then there was the old lady that said that she was from that time and she was reincarnated. I cannot ever think of her name. Um, but anyway, like I said, we can keep chasing this rabbit until we're drunk and dizzy. So, what I I don't know. I don't know how. To, we're not going to put a a big old bow on this one. Um, I guess we'll just leave it out there. What do you think? I'll put out a, a question on Spotify and let us know what you think. Was Kincaid a real person or was this a modern day, uh, what do you call it, creepypasta urban legend? Let us know what you think. So, recommendation time. I am going to recommend an oldie but a goodie. And that is, go back and watch the original Top Gun. And then watch the new one. What? Yeah. We made our, we let our our goofy son let or uh, watch the second one. First, and then we made him go back and watch the original one. I will say the boy was a little upset when Goose died. I mean, who the hell's not upset when Goose dies? Well, it's the same person that don't stand for the uh, pledge, and she didn't cry when Old Yeller died. <laughs> she ain't washed in the blood of the lamb. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a throwback to the Confederate Railroad Band. So, Coach, what's your recommendation? Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, Rob Gavon, also known as Rob Dyke. Haven't he, you? I've recommended. I was going to say, haven't what? you uh, recommended him before? Did he just disappear? No, that's one of my first recommendations if you're an old school fan. But he's starting to post stuff on Facebook and he's got his own. Uh, podcast now so if you you know you're into seriously strange mysteries and murders and all that kind of stuff he will uh he will definitely tickle your fancy well ladies and gentlemen you heard it here first (laughs) you get your fancy tickled right here all right ladies and gents we uh do apologize for the fiasco that was the week of valentine's day that was more hectic than christmas and new year's and i do not know why but women yeah well there you go you know why there you go it's just women folk oh women folk (laughs) all right ladies and gents coach you got anything else oh you know i don't uh deuces